The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. It's Thursday, October 24th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Trey Scott. So on these midweek podcast editions, Connor and I have been trying to sort of dive into the stories of the week across college football. And this one is uh, something I've been thinking about for a few weeks. It feels like every Sunday now when we've done our weekend recaps and our top fours for Monday, our top fours and fives for Monday, I take a good amount of ribbing from Connor for having the Clemson Tigers at number one. I hear the same thing from the crew on the 24-7 Sports College Football Show every Thursday. My thing is, I predicted Clemson to win the national championship last season, and they did, so they made me look pretty smart. And this season, I went into the season predicting Clemson to again win the national title. And it hasn't been, you know, sunshine and roses the whole time. Trevor Lawrence has thrown a lot of interceptions. They almost lost to North Carolina. But as the season's worn on, we've had these teams who we've propped up as these top four, top five darlings, if you will, Wisconsin. Auburn, Georgia. We've seen those teams lose. And here I am thinking like, well, maybe we should give Clemson some more credit for at least finding a way to beat North Carolina. And it's not like the Tigers have been all so bad. They blasted Florida State two weeks ago. They just got done blasting Louisville. They beat top 25 Texas A&M in week two, and they were up 24 to three with nine seconds left. Clemson's defense is number three in the country in total uh, defensive yards per play. Their offense is number 10. Trevor Lawrence, according to ESPN's QBR, is 13th. Clemson's margin of victory is 0.6 off of what it was last season. And speaking of last season, I just cannot forget 44-16 against Alabama. Trevor Lawrence might be struggling this season, but I think he's still the same guy. I think he's still got T. Higgins, Justin Ross. I think he's still handing off to Travis Etienne. So I feel like I've been just talking to myself in the mirror for a few weeks now, and I wanted to bring in Anna Hickey, who covers the Tigers for 24-7 sports, to talk about Does this team have that championship gear? Is there internal concern about Trevor Lawrence? What does Coach Dabba Sweeney really think about the fact that the Tigers keep falling in the AP Top 25? He had some pretty good sarcastic comments this week when they dropped to number four. Here we go. And uh, I guess I just want to start with the vibe right now from the Clemson coaching staff and the players because another week... And another drop down in the AP poll, although I I would hear the argument that Ohio State's, this is more of a jump than Clemson dropping. Dabo had had a really good quote uh, earlier this week. He said, you know, he's not surprised and we are winning. We are winning by an average of 28 points. And last year, this time we are winning by 28.7. That 0.7 is elusive. (laughs) We're chasing that. We'll keep working. I mean, that's just incredible sarcasm. Does that sort of reflect how everyone's feeling right now over there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, for one, just I don't look at the AP poll at all other than throwing it on the board uh, sort of thing, just because I don't think many writers take a ton of time to watch 
a bunch of games on Saturday. I mean, I know as a beat reporter, it's hard for me to watch a lot of games just because I'm so focused on my own game. Um, so I don't really put a lot of stock in the AP poll personally, but Clemson fans definitely do, especially these past few weeks. Uh, I think it's three consecutive games now that Clemson has won and then subsequently dropped in the AP poll. Um, and then I think it also just goes back to Dabo Sweeney's whole chip on the shoulder, Roy bust, um, we're the underdogs and it just, everything is just playing perfectly for Dabo into that entire narrative. I mean, it's like the AP poll, it's kind of gift wrapping this, this narrative for Dabo Sweeney to use, um, publicly and behind closed doors with his team. Um, he may say he doesn't care about the AP poll. I mean, he probably he doesn't in a sense of, you know, not being concerned about where Clemson is ranked and, and postseason playoff, that sort of thing. But just he, you betcha he looks at it and mentions it to his team. Um, and then we talked to Jeff Scott and Brent Venables this week, and they kind of both, Brent Venables, you know, mentioned his, his daughter being upset. But other than that, he said he could care less. But, but Jeff Scott gave a little bit more detail on it, just saying, um, you know, we kind of joked on, joked about it on the on the bus ride to the airport after the Louisville game. Like, oh, we won this week. Wonder how far we're going to drop back in the poll. Um, so Clemson is definitely aware of it, and and I think they're definitely using it to their advantage. Um, and, and because I think it's just human nature. Once you've won so much, you won 22 games to kind of just expect that the wins are going to keep coming, um, especially when you look at Clemson's slate to date, and it's nothing. Nothing too crazy. I mean, in terms of, of, of who they're playing, it's the ACC slate, as we know, is, is pretty bland this season. So um, you've got to do something to keep that edge. And I think that's just one of Sweeney's best qualities as a head coach. Is he kind of knows how to keep that pulse and keep that edge with his team, especially with so many young guys. I think there's 80 uh, freshmen and sophomores. And I know we know all the playmakers on the team. Um, but there's a lot of these younger guys that kind of just they don't know exactly what it takes week in and week out um, to, to, to prepare. And I think that UNC game was also good for Clemson in the sense that they were able to pull out the win. But it definitely was a scare for them and kind of, you know, just just show them that if they don't come to play every single week, that it doesn't really matter who the opponent is or capable of getting beat. Yeah, it's you win a national title and you don't expect to really have this chip on your shoulder the next year. and. Cut it into the preseason, I was kind of like, well, I don't really want to hear the whole little old Clemson underdog tale, but <laughs> we're certainly there again. I, I want to know, though, if I, I still think Clemson is the best team in the country, and I guess I just can't really forget 44-16. I know Trevor Lawrence isn't playing as well as he could play, uh, but he's still Trevor Lawrence, and there's still Travis Etienne and Justin Ross and T. Higgins, and the defense – Everyone talked about the defensive line coming into the year. The defense is number 10 nationally in, in yards per play allowed. Defense looks fine. Do you think – I guess I have a few questions here. But as far as talking about Clemson's level of play, I think we could both acknowledge that there's still room to go. Do you think any sort of poor play – and I'm talking about North Carolina. I'm talking maybe about a slow start versus Georgia Tech, um, a slow start against Syracuse. Is in, does any of that have to do with them being content or not – like awake for these games or are, are those just like them working through personnel issues? I don't think it's a situation of them not being awake or, or them kind of not being focused or ready to play. Um, and I think Dabo would call them out on that if that was the case. And I, in other words, I don't think it's an effort issue. Um, I think that maybe it could be 
partly their defense has just been playing so lights out. So they do think they maybe have that cushion maybe in the beginning of games. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we have enough, a big enough sample size to kind of nail down what that reasoning is for the slow starts. Um, Cause Louisville, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was just awful in the first quarter. It was like three or four of seven for nine yards and two picks. And in the second quarter, he's nine of nine. Um, he finishes the game 20 or 29 for three touchdowns and doesn't throw another pick the rest of the game. So, you know, I don't really know what we can attribute the slow starts to. Um, and I don't, but I don't think there's a, a huge sense of urgency or a huge concern behind the scenes um, about those slow starts. I think they're kind of just focused on chug, keeping keeping focus, keep chugging away, and eventually it'll kind of all come together. I was going to ask you about sort of like behind the scenes concern. Would you say as far as Trevor Lawrence's interceptions, and we have eight, and would you say there's more of a concern or like a bewilderment among the coaching staff and among <laughs> even Trevor Lawrence? Like a fr- yeah. is it frustration? Like I <laughs> – What's going on? Can I can I say there's either bewilderment or frustration? I mean, yeah, I know that sounds strange to say, but I think that that they're just maybe they think that this is still the part of the growth process for Trevor. Um, he's only a sophomore, and I know last year he kind of came off the bench and didn't face any adversity in those games. Really, after taking over the job for Kelly Bryant, didn't face any adversity in the playoffs. And then heard all offseason about how how the heck is anyone going to stop this Clemson offense when what we just saw what they did to Alabama and they're basically returning everybody. Um, and I think Dabo said this week or last week, it's not human nature to never have any sort of adversity. Um, kind of pointed out Sammy Watkins had this insane freshman season and then sophomore year didn't have a great year and then came back junior season had a great year. So I don't think they necessarily are writing this off as a bad season for Trevor, but I do think that they're not surprised that there's some adversity, um, especially with all the expectations that Trevor's kind of soldering the Heisman preseason favorite. I mean, he is human after all. And like, and not to sound like Dabo and kind of go on this rant about <laughs> defending Trevor. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I do think that, um, and to your point too, about, you know, what any sense of um, concern behind the scenes, I don't to de- detect any in the sense that, they're coming to Trevor and I even asked Trevor this week. I said, is there a sense of urgency behind it right now in practice to kind of discuss these interceptions in, in detail? And he's like, no, not really. I mean, they're just stupid decisions and kind of, we just throw them up on in the film room, acknowledge that they're dumb and that, you know, they're blatant. Like how much, how long can you discuss an interception where you throw it right into the defensive back's chest? I mean, you acknowledge it, but then you move on. And he said, it's not like they're really, disguising things and I'm getting confused. It's just bad decisions by me. So I don't think there's really a lot of time being spent on it. Um, specifically against Louisville, he could have checked down a couple of times. And, and I wrote about this today. He throws those two really bad interceptions. And then at the end of the half, I don't know if you saw it, clock is dwindling down and he just throws it up to Justin Ross in the back of the end zone and kind of places it only where Ross can go up and get it. And I mean, I, I think it, for uh, my my initial reaction was why did Trevor throw that ball? I mean, should have thrown it out of bounds. They had a timeout left. Um, you know, you could maybe get a field goal out of that, and kind of thinking it was lucky. But talking to Clemson, that they didn't think that was lucky. I think 
they nine times out of 10, they tell Trevor to make that throw. Um, especially when you have a guy like Ross in the back of the end zone, you can go up and get it. So they're not trying to handicap him at all just because he's thrown more picks than he has last season. And there is that scrutiny about the interceptions. I think that's the last thing they want to do. They don't want him to go out and play tight. They want him to keep playing loose. And because he has such an insane downfield throwing ability, you know, they don't, they don't want to limit that. Yeah. I think if you just want to look at the stats, you would say Trevor Lawrence is not having a good season which is sort of silly. ESPN's QBR has him as the 13th best quarterback in the country. And you talk about that throw to Justin Ross against Louisville, scrambling to his left, almost across his body, total rope, other side of the field. He had a similar throw uh, to Justin Ross, a touchdown against Texas A&M, I believe, their first touchdown. It wasn't across the field. It was sort of down the same sideline. But, again, him getting outside the pocket and people really not talking about his his, uh, running ability or his scramble ability this season is sort of – one of the lost uh, points of emphasis. When you look at Clemson, they're, if they're worse than last year, it's just by a nose, right? The scoring margin is hardly significant. In fact, uh, last year through seven games, they outscored their opponents by 200 points. This year through seven games, they've outscored by 196. So, <laughs> and we, the Trevor Lawrence interception thing, Deshaun Watson, his sophomore year, he had quite a few – I pull up the stats. He had uh, seven interceptions through seven games as a sophomore. And then, of course, I think we all sort of cite this number. The year Clemson won the national championship, Deshaun Watson threw 17 interceptions. I set that all up to say we know Clemson is still a really good team, an elite team. Do you think there's another gear for this team to reach? I do. Yeah, I do, especially with this offense. Um, I think once you have – a clean four quarters and they're efficient and they're explosive because it feels like they've been explosive plays are not the issue. Um, The efficiency is kind of what's been the issue to date in the turnover. So once you can eliminate that, I mean, I think this offense has the capability of being the best, if not top three offense in the country when they put it all together. Um, Top four, I don't know. When you look at Oklahoma, LSU, and Ohio State, there's some pretty good offenses. But I think Clemson can be right there when it's all said and done. Um, and honestly, the what I sense is not that, that the offense isn't going to put it all together eventually. Um, I think Dabo's still harping on keeping the pedal to the metal with the defense. Um, I know the defense has played really well to date, but there's still another – still another level for this defense, especially because they're so young. Um, that front seven, I mean, they're really rather inexperienced um, coming into this season, and they're still growing up, especially that front. So I think Dabo and the coaching staff, it's my opinion, they think this offense is going to be fine. They're not really worried about that. They, they want, though they do want the defense to kind of take, to keep improving um, because <laughs> there's going to be some offenses down the road, especially in the playoff that, there's some misalignment issues, some fundamental things, some technique things that they've kind of that they've been able to kind of do so far, but in the end they haven't been hurt by it because of their athleticism or because just playing weaker opponents. But those things will end up catching up with them um, against LSU and Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, those types of teams. Um, so I, I think if, if anything, the defense is kind of still where. Clemson needs to make the most strides. Yeah, so they win that UNC game by one point on September 28th, which feels like such a long time ago. You have the bye week, and you sort of get this feeling that they're going to come out and play mad, and they do. They throttle Florida State. 
and they throttle Louisville. They've got Boston College this week and in Death Valley. It's a big point spread. As you look through the regular season schedule, and it's just crazy that there's only five regular season games left. Boston College, Wofford, NC State, and then you've got Wake Forest at home and then at South Carolina. Of all of these games, which one do you think would be, you know, any anything you're remotely concerned about here, or do you think it's smooth sailing all the way to the through the ACC title game into the playoff for Clemson? Um, and you I can say smooth sailing. You can say not really no, any concerns here. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say smooth sailing. I was trying to think in my mind if I if I could pinpoint one specific game. But I mean, I think with Clemson, it's always it's hard to pinpoint one specific game. But in the end, there always ends up being one, right? Right. Like the UNC game. I mean, I don't know if we would have before the season pinpointed that exact one as oh, that's the slip up game, that's the trap game. But it ended up being just like Syracuse last year and Pittsburgh, that sort of thing. So. I don't know if Clemson's already got that out of their system and now it is smooth sailing. I mean, that could very well be the case, but I don't know. I, I think you're thinking of that South Carolina game. It's in Columbia. South Carolina's playing better. Um, they almost beat Florida last week. They beat Georgia. They're going to be I – mean, I don't know. I think that's a game that could end up giving Clemson maybe some issues. Um, Wake Forest is another interesting one just because – Wake Forest isn't going to beat themselves, and Dave Glosson is such a good coach, but that one is in Clemson, so I don't know. Um, so I don't know if there's one exact game that I can that I can point to, but maybe if I had to, I would say South Carolina. All right, we'll see. Thanks, Anna. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. You can follow Anna on Twitter at AnnaH247. You can follow her work on our Clemson 24-7 sports site as well. We'll keep the conversation going all season. Really can't wait to see how it pans out. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show. I know I really love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we'll see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.